Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Thursday, February 29th. In January of 2025, the 48th District Court based at the Allegan County Courthouse will be expanding to have three full judges, judge seats involved. And there is a challenge. There is a battle to see who is going to fill that new third seat. One of the hopefuls is on the other side of our table. She is Elizabeth Peterson, and she joins us on WHTC's Talk of the Town. Elizabeth, good morning, and welcome to WHTC. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me. Glad you are with us. If you have a question about Elizabeth Peterson, her qualifications, why she wants to be judge, she'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, So off we go at square one. Who exactly is Elizabeth Peterson and why does she want to become a judge on the 48th District Court? I mean, Circuit Court, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, Gary, I'm a lifelong resident of uh, West Michigan, and growing up in West Michigan, uh, my my family, uh, longtime churchgoers, and I think I grew up learning that um, it's important to serve others, and so when I went to law school, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help others, and I volunteered at the legal assistance centers. I clerked for judges. I became a probate advocate in Kalamazoo. And at some point, I interned in Berrien County as an assistant prosecuting attorney and just loved the ability to serve victims and advocate for victims. Loved that. And so I've been doing that since. I've been doing that since, uh, let's see, I interned there in uh, August, September-ish of 2009 and uh, spent some time down in Berrien County. And then in 2018, I had an opportunity to come back to Allegan and serve the community that um, I had spent a lot of time in and, that, and where my family lived. And so since I've been back here in Allegan, I have been uh, conducting a lot of uh, complex uh, major crimes cases, uh, working with uh, multiple victims, whether it's uh, victims who are family members of a deceased or a victim of domestic violence, uh, victims of sexual abuse, and victims of um other cases, so personal protection orders or what have you. And so doing that, the longer I've done that, I realized there's more I can do and there's more I want to do. And so I want to be able to reach uh, the whole community and serve the whole community. And I know being a judge would give me that opportunity, and I know I would be good, uh, a good advocate for um, the citizens of Allegan County, making sure that they are heard. I think that is the most important part as a judge. you got to give everybody a voice and hear what everyone has to say before you make a determination. And I know I can do that. We have on occasion uh, a young lady, for me a young lady, uh, who has been a longtime member of the Ottawa County Persist, uh, uh, Prosecuting Attorney Office, uh, Sarah Matwajek, uh, who is uh, trying to become the new uh, prosecutor in Ottawa County. And one of the things she always brings up and also another former assistant prosecutor whose steps that maybe you're trying to follow, she did on a district court level, and that is uh, uh, Juanita Bocanegra. Yes. Yep. Both really talked up, and apparently you do too, uh, the 
role of the prosecutor's office in terms of victim services and addressing victim needs. How tough is that? It's tough. Uh, there are times where um, in those kinds of cases, there's a lot of times a cycle of violence. And so there are times where victims have had it and they're ready to put it behind them and they want to move on and they want that person held accountable. And there's other times where they're not at a point where they can do that or that person is still uh, providing for them monetarily or they just don't feel that they, they can at that point. And so as a prosecutor, it's sometimes tough because you have to make the decision do I, do I do exactly what they want at this point in time? Or is the community more interested in, in some sort of conviction or some sort of probationary service? Or, or what can I do to make sure that the community is safe going forward, whether or not the victim wants to continue? And so there are a lot of times where prosecutors, such as Sarah Matoizic uh, or Juanita, when she was a prosecutor, you look at a case and you have to figure out if I don't have a victim who's cooperative, but I have a victim who is seriously injured or uh, concerns about that person going out and hurting somebody else in the community, we also have to try and protect the community. And so there are times where you're going forward and you don't have a victim who's on board. You listen to them. You, you let them know they are heard. They get an opportunity to speak at sentencing. You give them that opportunity. But there are times where what is in the best interest of the community and what's in what the victim wants is sometimes different. That's one aspect or challenge of dealing with victims rights another is a case of a person who tried to have protections to prevent a serious incident and those protections don't hold up most notably somebody files a ppo and they still get hurt then they feel frustrated that the system has let them down how do you handle that? Well, and I've seen that in uh, in my role as a prosecutor, we represent or uh, put forward the case of the petitioner in personal protection cases when there is a violation. There's a personal protection order violation, and so there have been times where I've sat there and listened to what they said and realized, you know what, there's more we can do. And so we reach out to law enforcement at that point and say, okay, this is something you need to look at. We need to investigate this, or hey, they they were. Uh, beat by this person. They, you know, they were injured, they were hurt. There's pictures of their injury. You need to, it'd be great if you could go look at those photos and investigate this and then submit it to our office so we can look at, or sometimes, because uh, with personal protection cases, sometimes the uh, violation is here in, in Allegan County, but maybe it took place in Ottawa County. And so sometimes you're working with other agencies to try and get that investigated, but it's really important to listen to that victim. And if, the system's not perfect, and there are times that, that things fall to the wayside, but it's important to listen and make sure we are addressing those things so that that victim is heard, seen, and that the community remains safe. If you have a question for Elizabeth Peterson, an assistant prosecutor in Allegan County and a candidate for the 48th Circuit Court, which is in Allegan County, the new judgeship that's being created, She'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, um, I'll ask some primer questions. This is a general judgeship that is being created because I believe that in a circuit court situation, there are regular, as I would call it, regular or general judge positions. There is also probate judges that handle it, or in the case of Ottawa County, a family court judge. 
there are judges that handle criminal cases. There are judges that handle just uh, civil cases. Uh, I think of John Van Allsburg, the chief judge over in the 20th District uh, Circuit Court, I should say, in Ottawa County, who basically focuses on civil cases. Uh, is this going to be a, a general judgeship or is it going to be specialty? Well, so originally nobody really knew. Uh, and so in November-ish of 2023, the circuit court uh, through uh, Chief Judge Margaret Baker and Matthew Ankoviak announced a release to the Allegan Bar their intentions for that, that new seat. And so it's my understanding that that new seat will be primarily criminal law, uh, so handling those felony cases, <clears throat> as well as uh, some divorce cases, divorces without children. Um, and so based on that, it appears that it's going to be mostly criminal. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Judge Ankoviak will likely carry on the business docket portion of things. He will do the civil cases as well as criminal cases. And it's my understanding that Judge Baker intends to handle the uh, divorce with children cases. She, in the announcement, indicated she felt that a lot of times children get shortchanged, and she wanted to make sure that those children were heard in those cases. And so she's going to be handling primarily those cases, as well as obviously coming from a prosecutor office and uh, Mr. Judge Ankoviak's um, prior practice, there may be times where there is a conflict and neither one of us can handle it. And so there would be times where she would still be handling those conflict cases, I would imagine. But my understanding is the intention is the new seat would be primarily criminal and divorces without children. All right. I'm going to throw this example and get your thoughts on it. And by the way, we're talking with Elizabeth Peterson, who is seeking the 48th District uh, Circuit Court. I always I get, this, get, get that out of my system here. Uh, the 48th Circuit Court uh, judge seat uh, in uh, the November election. Um Real quick, I'm not certain. Is there going to be a primary for that, or is it just simply all the candidates will go into the November election? So my understanding of how it works, and I could be wrong, but my understanding is that if there, um, so if there's one seat available, the ballot can have in November double that, so two. So at this point in time, four people have put their hats in the ring, and so my understanding is then there will be an August 6th primary. And the top two would then move yes. forward. Okay, I just want to... Cl- Get that clarified so people are are aware of that. I'm going to bring up an example of someone who basically handles criminal cases in a different district court. And this example is a judge in the Kent County Circuit Court named Mark Trusak. Remember him running for office, you know, almost some 20 years ago now. He had been a private practice attorney, but he ran on a a platform that I'm going to be tough on crime. And he has followed through on that. Uh, There is, you know, I've seen articles and I've seen uh, uh, reports where the general sentiment in Kent County is if you've committed a crime, you've been caught, you better not go before Judge Mark Tusak or he's going to throw the book at you. Uh, he has been you know, very known as a, 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 a law and order type of judge. If Elizabeth Peterson does get this spot in the 48th Circuit Court, do you, do you want to try to be someone who is tough on crime or because of your work in victims' rights and the like, 
you might want to say, I'm not going to be soft on crime. I'm going to be a little bit understanding in that regard. That's a hard question to answer, Gary. Uh, I will say this. I think coming from my background and working with victims, like you said, I have learned very quickly that those victims that I work with quite often end up as defendants themselves, or they end up in uh, abuse and neglect cases where they have, they've had a hard time of it trying to get out of whatever situation they're in. Sometimes they are using drugs at the behest of their abuser or doing things for their abuser they wouldn't normally do. And so people find themselves in situations where they don't know how to get out of it. So I think it's important for a judge to be hard on crime when that's what's needed. But I also think there are times where somebody hasn't gotten the services they need. And that's something that circuit court um, probation and Michigan Department of Corrections probation can provide for them. But there are also crimes that are unimaginable. And there are, there are times where something has been done to a child or somebody has been killed and you can't bring, you, you can't fix that. You can do your best to make sure that somebody is punished and held accountable, but there are certain things that maybe somebody isn't going to be rehabilitated from. And so I think as a judge, it's important to weigh that and know when is the time to be hard on crime and when is the time to listen to somebody and provide them with an opportunity. Now, they, they're only going to benefit from that if they want to truly benefit from that. You can order somebody to do something. Um, you, you know, you, you quite often hear the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So, you know, there are times where People will benefit from that, and there are times where they won't, but I think it's important to give them an opportunity when that's warranted. How tough is it to deal with a case, and I, I'm just going to put it in general terms, Elizabeth, uh, how tough is it to try to balance not only the rights of the victim, but also the constitutional rights of the accused? not only the constitutional rights, but also seeing the accused as someone, yes, justice needs to be meted out. But there, there's a reason that we call the prison system in Michigan the State Department of Corrections to rehabilitate that person, to maybe get that person who has been accused and maybe convicted of a crime to be able to pay their debt to society and go back into society maybe changed and maybe be beneficial. How tough is it to balance that? I think it depends on the crime and it is a tough balance. It's something that you really have to weigh and listen to heavily. There are many cases where uh, a defendant, uh, for instance, uh, in Allegan County, there's a methamphetamine problem. There's a drug problem. And so you see a lot of cases where defendants find themselves in this revolving door. They have a hard time getting out of uh, that substance abuse addiction. And you sometimes hear people say that, well, drugs are a victimless crime, but they're not. There are family members of that defendant. There are um, other individuals who have had property stolen because that individual is trying to feed their habit. Um, that individual may have children who are impacted by it. And so it is a, it is a problem that needs to be addressed but there are ways to address that. There are some times where maybe you reach a point and nothing can be done after you've given them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. 
but many courts have drug treatment courts. I know Judge Aunt Koviak is looking to um, start that back up again. And I, I, my understanding is the circuit court would love to have that back again. But there was, um, there was a shortage of, of availability and time for the courts to address that. But I know that that is something that is in the forefront of the court and they would like to address that. And so I think once we can start getting those services to some of those people, then hopefully we see, we see less of that. Um, but it's not a problem that's going to go away. So you have to be ready to deal with it. And when people use, they do things that they wouldn't normally do. You do have cases where they're using and they kill someone, right? They're driving a car and they kill someone or drugs impact them in a way where they become very angry and violent and they kill someone that way. And so when those things happen, you, you have to hold them accountable for that, understanding that maybe they, they weren't their best self that day and maybe they would have made a different decision if they weren't using drugs. But the reality is somebody's life ended. And so at that point, there has to be consequences. Is there talk talk um, about maybe st- setting up, if there isn't already, a veterans court in Allegan County? There is a veterans court in okay, Allegan I, County. I, I, I wanted to get that brought out because that's another aspect of the judicial system because a lot of times veterans they don't come back the way they went out exactly currently in allegan county there is a veterans treatment court that is run by judge belargen and um, my understanding is they are very successful i know that they they work very hard with veterans and get them the services and programming that sometimes they're on a wait list to get into but as part of that program they kind of get moved to the front and they can start addressing that Allegan County also has a substance, um, sorry, a, a sobriety treatment court, and that addresses uh, OWIs and repeat offenders for drinking and driving offenses. And they also have a swift and sure sanctions program, which is kind of like a last-ditch effort for individuals who may score out to prison, but the court is trying to give them another opportunity to get cleaned out, get dried out, um, get the services they need. Uh, and and try and have one last stop before that prison door. This question, Elizabeth, not only deals with your current role in the prosecutor's office, but also to a certain extent will deal with your possible role as a judge. It is one thing to exercise law in a vacuum. Don't have, you know, just simply on the merits of a case and make a decision based on law and the merits of a case. Unfortunately, we don't live in a vacuum. And there are cases that can stir public emotions and public sentiment one way or another. How then do you try to, first of all, prosecute based on the facts and not based on public opinion and the court of public opinion. And secondly, how will you be able to judge and render decisions and perhaps sentences based on the facts and not based on public opinion or the court of public opinion? Well, when it comes to cases that are emotionally charged and and hard to sometimes listen to or get the community really upset, uh, and rightly so many times, Uh, But when you're dealing with cases like that, it's important to take a step back and look at the facts. And and what we have to do as prosecutors um, and ultimately as judges is you have to do the right thing for the right reason. And sometimes you are standing alone in that, and sometimes you're not. But at the end of the day, you have to follow the law. As a prosecutor, I have tried cases, and you're always keeping in mind 
uh, what should and shouldn't come in, what evidence should and shouldn't come in. And there are times where defense attorneys want to get something in and it shouldn't come in because it's prejudicial to the defendant. And I've objected to that to keep it out. As a prosecutor, uh, we have, we've taken an oath and we need to make sure that it's a fair system to the best of our ability. We also, once the, a conviction is had, our office uh, does the appellate process on that. And so as a prosecutor, I want to make sure when I'm prosecuting a case, there's integrity in that case, that we did the right thing for the right reason, the evidence that should come in came in, and the evidence that should not have come in did not come in, and that the defendant had a fair trial. If there's not a fair trial, then it's going to get retried, and the victim's going to have to go through that again. And that carries over as a judge as well. You need to make sure that the, the evidence that should come in comes in and that which is irrelevant or hearsay or prejudicial, overly prejudicial to one party or the other doesn't come in because we need to make sure that it's a fair process. That's part of how we uphold the integrity of convictions and make sure that everybody has been seen and heard. And so as a judge, it's extremely important that whoever does walk into that role in the 48th Circuit Court on a highly criminal docket has that experience with criminal cases, high-intensity criminal cases. To my knowledge, I'm likely one of the only candidates that has handled homicide cases. And so those are those are big. Uh, so are criminal sexual conduct cases. And not everyone that's running has that experience. And so I think it's extremely important that whoever is in that role understands the law, understands what should come in, and has conducted those jury trials. Because jury trials aren't something you do in every case. That's not something that's done in... Uh, divorce cases. That's not something that's done um, across the board. And so it's important that whoever walks into that role has that knowledge base using those rules of evidence and knows what should and shouldn't come into the courtroom because that's how you uphold the integrity of the system. Yeah. The, the thing that sort of strikes me is the fact that sometimes we have the vigilante justice mentality. Uh, it's not a case of maybe, um, not prosecuting a guy enough that the public wants you know, basically throw the book and throw away the key <laughs> on that. And it's kind of tough to say, Hey, wait a minute. We can only go so far that that becomes pressure as well. Oh yes, absolutely. There are cases where, um, there is, we are held to the limits of the law. I can't, no judge can legislate from the bench. No judge can make something into law. That is not the law. Our job is to, follow the law, and dispense a fair and just sentence uh, within the confines of the law. And so there are times that judges have limitations when in when their personal opinion might be they would love to do more, they would love to order something more, but the reality is we have to follow the law as judges. And in my current role as a prosecutor, you have to follow the law. There's only certain things you can prosecute sometimes, even though I could you know, I agree 100% with the community. It's it's horrific what was done sometimes, but sometimes we are very limited on our ability to prosecute. For more information, for those of you listening in Allegan County about the candidacy of Elizabeth Peterson for 48th Circuit Court Judge, very simple website, petersonforcircuitcourt.com. That is petersonforcircuitcourt.com. Elizabeth Peterson, we thank you very much for joining us today, enlightening us with your campaign, as well as your duties with the Allegan County Prosecutor's Office under our friend Myrene Cook. We hope nothing but the best for you, and we'll see what happens 
not only on August 6th on primary day, but also on November 7th on election day. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Gary. And if anyone's interested, we have a campaign kickoff tonight in Allegan, so you can come learn more about me there and ask me your questions there, too. On 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.